What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? With your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house today with a friend of mine that I, we podcasted together before already. Fortunate enough to be on his show. And uh, now it's his turn to be on the What Are You Made Of? show. Steven Pesavento is an active investor who helps clients build wealth and cash flow through commercial real estate investments at Von Finch Capital. As host of the Investor Mindset Show and certified high-performance coach, he has raised tens of millions of dollars, which has successfully cycled through multiple assets. Through his top-rated podcast and private investor community, he brings together real estate investors to not only learn, but also how to put these strategies to work in their lives. Steven, welcome to the show, man. Dude, super excited to be here. Love diving in all things personal development and uh, how we can live a better life, my man. Yeah. So look, I want to start off. You know, I was going to start off with my question, but I'm going to stop that for a second. I just want to ask you, besides real estate investing and having a business on that end of things and raising money, why the need for you or what benefit did you see with podcasting and or coaching? Yeah. I mean, for me, I've been really big into the personal development world for a number of years. I grew up in a pretty rough and tumble household. And so I was always looking for some other mentors and other people who I could learn from, some examples, some models. And for me, early on, podcasting was one of those ways that I felt like I was in the room with really, really smart people. And that ended up leading me to listen to a lot of audio programs, big, big believer in constant learning and, and bringing those people into my world. And eventually, that led me to realizing that it was worth it and it wasn't a scam to spend money and invest in coaching. And through that process and some personal self-discovery, I realized well, I need to do this. I need to put out this, my voice into the world. I need to share some of these lessons that I learned. And that's why I launched the Investor Mindset Show. It's a real estate and investing podcast. And it's been phenomenal because it's allowed me to reach an impact and inspire so many people. But I held off of doing it for so long because I had these fears, the same fears and beliefs that end up holding so many people back from going after the things they want to do. But like anything, I got around some people who were doing it. I realized, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And uh, we've been able to launch you know, the show a couple of years ago, you know, top 200 business podcasts and consistently doing it. But it really comes down for me, it's a way to give back, but it's a way to learn. It's a way to always be in that seat of asking great questions. And what it's ended up doing for us and our business is brought in a lot of great people into our world. Now it's allowed our business to thrive on a whole nother level. But podcasting has been uh, hands down one of the most powerful things that I do in my life. Love it, man. Great answer. Great answer. So what are you made of, Steven? Man, I'm made of, uh, I'm made of hard grit. I've uh, got a big heart, but I've been through some stuff and, and I'm thankful for it, right? You know, I, I, as I mentioned, uh, I grew up with two very loving, amazing parents, but they didn't love each other. They ended up getting divorced when I was really young and there was a lot of turbulence and a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of changes. 
And there was a lot of fear around money. And so my whole life, I can just remember, and I actually remember one point in time in particular, because there was so much fighting around money, uh, so much fear around it, so much feeling of limitation and lack that I can remember one time I walked into the kitchen and my father was sitting there crying and he was crying because yet again, more pain around money. And right there, I decided not another day, I am going to find a way to be wealthy, to have money, to become rich. And I spent years focused only exclusively on this idea that money is everything, that money is going to solve my problems. And that ended up leading me to going to a great school, going the traditional route and going into management consulting and then making more money than my parents had ever made right out of college. And I wasn't happy. There was something missing. And that's what kind of led me on this journey of self-discovery, of finding both work that is extremely passionate, that's meaningful, that can inspire and impact others, while also being able to create a great income to create that security that we all know. And you know, that's why I love real estate. That's why I love real estate investing, because it's one of the, the oldest ways of creating wealth. It's secure and it really has unlocked so much for me. And it really attracts a lot of people who are all about this idea of creating a more flexible, more free, more fun life. And it's been really empowering. So I mean, going all the way back to the beginning, it started with a huge pain. And that pain ended up driving me down a path that so many people have been driven down. So many of you guys who are listening are in positions in your life where you're unsatisfied, but you're doing it because you think somehow this is what you have to do. And fortunately for me, I was able to free myself from that. I want to inspire some other people to do the same. Awesome, man. So what are some of the things that you went through? I mean, give us some, you know, are you a good storyteller? <laughs> uh, am I a good storyteller? Well, I have some stories for sure. But, you know, growing up, it when I was really young, I started working when I was about seven or eight. My one of my mom's husbands had a a framing business and going out and making three dollars an hour stacking wood. And I remember thinking to myself, this is amazing. I have some of my own money. I feel like, oh, I can go do the thing I want to do. Because before that, it'd be asking, hey, can I buy this? Can I do this? And the answer was always no. You know, we, we don't have the money. We can't afford it. But then making even those few dollars as a young person, I can just remember feeling like, oh, wow, this, this is freedom. This is what this feels like. And, and I ended up working in the blue collar industry, working in kitchens. When I was a kid, I wanted to be one of two things. Right. I either wanted to be a chef like Emeril Lagasse or I wanted to renovate properties like Bob Vila. But after working in blue collar jobs, both on job sites and in kitchens, I realized this is not the lifestyle that I want. Like I desire more than this, mainly because of the people that I was surrounding myself with. There were some amazing people, but there was a lot of people who were, you know, they're tied up in drugs and alcohol and, you know, a lot of limitations, a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of fear. And fortunately, I was able to surround myself with some people who kind of inspired me to be able to go out and, and do something different. You know, I, you know, go to college, go, uh, go learn, go grow. And that unlocks so much potential because I look back at that earlier version of myself of who I could have become. And I wouldn't hang out with that person. I wouldn't hang out with that person that I was when I was 17 or 23 or 24, right? But I think that's the yeah. way that we yeah. actually want life to be. We want to look back at an earlier version of ourselves and be grateful for the growth that we've experienced. I mean, Mike, have you ever felt that yourself? No. 
I'm just messing with you. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I grew up in uh, construction, man, masonry and man. Yeah. Like I look back, I, I just lost an uncle over the Christmas holiday. I had personally given up on him um, years ago because he was into drugs and alcohol and anxiety. And just, he's one of the broken people that I, that I had in my life that I tried to help as a kid. And as a kid didn't know, I look, this is like one of them uncles that was young when I was born, like 15 or 16. And then he became like an idol of mine when I was a kid. And I didn't know all the problems he had as when I was a kid, but I would go to work with them in the summer times, man, as I became a teenager and, and we'd have so much fun. It would be hot. And like, I, you know, I just remember like being so hot and sweating, mixing mud and having lime all over me. And we would have so much fun and after work, go get some beers and and I thought that was the coolest thing. But at the end of the day, like, no, I, w- I don't want to be that person. I don't want to hang out with that person. Yeah. And so he recently passed away. And I'm not sure of the, the uh, actual details, but I know that had to do with drinking all these years and drugs. And at such a young age of, uh, I don't know, maybe f- late 50s, 59 years old, you know? So yeah. yeah, I watched that happen and I gave up on him because he gave up on himself. And uh, so, yeah, I've been around that and into the restaurant business after that. Same thing, man. And we have parties like people in the restaurant business party after they get off work. Most of them, I'm not going to say all mm-hmm. of them, but we'd go to parties at, you know, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, wake up at 11 the next day, go to work the next day, you know. And uh, I, I didn't want to be Emerald, but I watched Cocktail when I was younger. <laughs> and, and Tom Cruise and the other guy, you know, went to the Caribbean, man, and they bartended. And I was like, man, I would love to do that, you know. So yeah, I've experienced that, man. Well, I, I totally well it's agree. funny because you think back on that and we become a product of our environment, what we're surrounded by. And for me, I was watching a lot of Food Network. I was watching a lot of HGTV. I was seeing these people who were happy. I was seeing people who were passionate. I was seeing, I saw food as as a great artistry that, oh, well, this is something that I'm capable of. Like I'm a person who could be there. I could do that. And you know, my mom worked in, she was a teacher by training, but actually made a lot more money waiting tables and serving bar. And so worked in the food industry for you know two decades. Now owns a bar, bought one, very successful business person at this point. But it's very interesting because we end up becoming who we are surrounded by. We either use that as the example of who we can be or who we're never going to be. And for me, for a long time, that was who I was going to be. I was going to be that person who could work in the kitchen or I was going to be that person who could renovate that property because I had seen some stuff around it. And I thought, you know, I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 17. And it installed this idea that, that maybe some of these limitations that I had grown up around weren't necessarily true. And that was a really big moment for me because it, it took me nearly 10 years to get into the real estate space, to finally have the belief in myself that I could invest in real estate, that I had what it takes to have that belief to go and do it. But it. thank God I read that book then because who knows how life could have turned out otherwise. Yeah, it's like what, we need what, those examples. What was your income flow at the time where you started investing in real estate? I mean, at the time when I started investing in real estate, I was working in management consulting. So I was making a, a healthy six-figure salary, but then I had moved on for management consulting. I had moved into tech because you know, I was working in management consulting. I thought, hey, this is a dream job. What is what is management school. consulting like? What and what specifically? Management consulting means that you're essentially a hired gun. Very big Fortune 500 companies will hire a consulting firm. They'll bring in consultants like us, and we come in and we solve major problems. We're essentially hired guns. We don't have to listen to anybody in the 
main organization were there to do a job and and we get that job done and so it's it's uh one of those jobs that in the business world is prestigious and oh this is you know you're a big deal and it felt really great to have that title but the work wasn't fulfilling and i looked around and i saw these people were not passionate about what they were doing they were literally working for the nine to five they're working for the weekend and i thought no there's got to be a better way and so i went into tech started going down that path and you know started my own company and had some failures around that and then eventually real estate became so clear that it was time for me to go into it and i didn't have a lot of money when i actually pulled the trigger because you know i'm one of those burn the bridges kind of guys i can't really do it i can't be half in i had to be all in so i fired all my clients i had no other way of making money i had a little bit of savings but not much and i just pushed my chips all in were you invested wait, year, were you up. invested before that though and and did you have any investments prior to that zero move? okay so you didn't you hadn't invested in any syndicates or anything at that point i hadn't invested in any syndications i hadn't owned i hadn't even owned a home i hadn't owned anything i was you know 26 so you burnt, 27 and, so you fired your clients and burnt the ships and what was the first thing that you did i mean the first thing i did was i went out and i found a community i found some other people who were doing what i wanted to do and i knew i needed to get around some other people so that i could start believing so i could start really believing that it was possible so i went into community I went with an intention. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't really believe in paying for coaching at the time, but I knew I had some skills. So I, I went out, I found somebody who had a, exactly what I needed. They had a terrible website, they had a terrible digital presence. And you know, I had a team and I knew how to build these $10,000, $15,000 website, knew what the cost was. So I ended up trading those skills of being able to build that person, a $10,000 to $15,000 website for the ability to follow them around and learn. And in that process, I ended up realizing one, that I could do it, but two, I started really learning the lingo. I started being able to talk the talk and other people saw that progression and that ended up leading to you know, other earned mentors. And then eventually I started investing in, in my own education, in mentorship and coaching. And it was a big move because it was once I first had that first check, took about six months from the day that I decided I was going to go into it. And put in hundreds of offers. I'd sent thousands of dollars of marketing. But I finally had that first check and it was small. It was $3,500. I'd made $3,500 doing this business. But that was some of the best money I ever made because at that point, I realized that it was possible. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. What specifically was that from? That yeah, so I had bought a property and I'd got it under contract and I had turned around and sold that contract to another investor, somebody who was going to buy and own the property. So I, I essentially sold that. I made a, a, a little bit of money. It's not a commission, but because uh, I'm not a real estate agent. But I essentially made this little chunk of money for going out and doing the main work that goes into investing, acquiring a property for doing that acquisition. And after then, everything really opened up because it all the work that had gone in for all those months was already underway. All of that momentum was there. But that first check was that feeling. And I, I assume, Mike, you probably have this feeling and some of the listeners probably do as well. That moment where you know something that you dreamt of is possible, where you don't just believe it, you know it. And that yeah. was that feeling. Yeah, yeah. And so in a market like we're in right now, pretty much across the country, that's a 
you know, an inventory shortage, right? Is that what you did on that first job was basically, basically wholesaling, right? Is, mm-hmm. is that what you would call it? So is that, yeah. is this a better market to do that in where there's very little inventory because you can, I mean, because you're willing to work and go find deals that aren't there. Yeah. So the I market? think the, the key was we flipped, you know, over 200 properties in about two and a half years. We wholesaled a handful of them. That really kept the marketing engine going. And that first $3,500 was able to go and fund, you know, the work that had already been, you know, done, right? Essentially maxed out credit cards, knew that it was, po- I believe that it was possible for me to succeed. But when it comes to this market today, it depends on where you're at. If you have no money and you don't have the skill set of knowing how to renovate a property and to sell a property, then yeah, absolutely. Wholesaling is a great way to do it because it's one piece of the puzzle. When you're talking about investing in property, it comes first with you've got to acquire the property, you've got to pull together the money, you've got to operate the property, and then of course you've got to sell the property in the back end. The first piece is one of the hardest pieces when you're in a competitive market. So having that pipeline to be able to find deals, you can make great money, but when it's really hard to find deals, you want to maximize every piece of that pie. So in a perfect world, when it's extremely competitive like it is now, you need to be the person who's also going to renovate the property. You need to be the person who's going to hold on to the property and maximize it and operate it well. And then you need to be a part of selling that so that you're actually making all of the capital. So after flipping 200 houses, we got out of that game. We're in the multifamily and commercial real estate space. We work with passive investors. They invest hundreds or millions of dollars into our investments, and we go out and buy and manage these properties now. And one of the big reasons we did that, Mike, was because flipping properties is a pretty intensive game, and there's a lot of people doing it. Now, the commercial real estate space is very competitive as well. But the big thing that I realized along the way was the importance of holding on to these properties and really creating cash flow. Because essentially, we were hustling to create a business. We'd buy something, we'd sell it. It was very transactional. It's not a business where we're working with our ideal client or we're enjoying the people we're working with. Now today, you know, we buy an asset, we got to go manage that asset, but we get to work with you know, high net worth, high income people who are successful and growth-minded, and they have the same kind of personal development vision that life can be better. And it's one of the beautiful things. And going back to the beginning, right? I talked about when I walked into that kitchen and I saw my dad crying, I felt how it felt for him to be worried about money. And I said, not another day. And you know, my immediate next actions, right? I was doing a little bit of working, but I started just selling anything I could. I'd buy paintball equipment online from one site. I'd go and sell it on another. I was, you know, flipping stuff on Craigslist. At one point, I was even selling booze out of my trunk. I'd go to Costco and buy hundreds of dollars of liquor and I'd sell it for above what the local retail liquor store was selling it for. Now, am I proud of that? Absolutely not. But at the same time, hey, I found a need in the market and I was able to make great money doing it. But what's different about that was that was from that place of survival. That's from that place of, I need to find a way. I must. There's no other option. And what's beautiful is when you get to a new level of security, it can be easy to lose that drive. But what I found is the most successful people, they find a way to make it not about surviving for themselves, but for having other people thrive. And I think that's been the big shift for me is being able to work with amazing people, being able to inspire them, be able to coach, be able to mentor, be able to 
just share these ideas that help people live a better life. And it's not necessarily about me getting my last dollar because I'm going to be fine. Right. Right. But now it's about, hey, how can we help as many people do great things and be able to break out of that fear that so many people are stuck in every day in their career? Yep. So now what's the vision for the future, Stephen? Like what's got you lit up? You know, what, what, what is out there that you have your sights set on that if you knew you'd accomplish it right now, that would light your ass up? Like you'd be like, damn, I can't believe I did that. What is it? There's something out there. I mean, at this point, we've got a really clear vision of what we're building with Von Finch Capital. The investor mindset is doing amazing. Uh, we're coaching and mentoring and training people at the highest level. It's high performance coaching, but for high end executives in the real estate space. When it comes to Von Finch, yeah, I want to inspire and impact over a million people to live a better life through real estate, to be able to create more freedom, flexibility, and fun in their life and to be freed from having to work. Now, I don't ever see myself retiring. And I think most of my clients are probably not at a place where they will truly retire, but having the ability to know that you've got enough passive income, enough money coming in from your investments that's secure and safe for you to be able to do whatever you want. That's the goal. That's the dream. And so every day I'm looking to touch another person who can touch and teach another person about what this whole world is that's available to them. And, and that's what I'm doing. And that's what I'm working Love on. It. Love it, man. Awesome. Well, I'm going to encourage you to go bigger than even that because everybody needs to play a bigger game. Even, even, even so, when I'm done with someone, I want them to be like, shit, man, I might be playing too small. <laughs> so I'm going to challenge you, brother. And you can even say in, in the back of your mind, this motherfucker, are you serious? Excuse my language. But a lot of people say that around me after I'm done with them. <laughs> you got to believe, who does he think he is? But that's okay. That's the, that's the effect that I want. As soon as somebody gets off the phone with me on a Zoom call with me, I want them to push the button and end and say, you know what? Am I playing a big enough game? Because a lot of times we get in our head. I'm not saying you're doing this. I think a lot of us do. We get, we get in our head and we're like, man, we're, I'm, I'm killing it, man. I'm going, I'm going. And maybe, maybe they're, they're not. But at the end of the day, I want to make sure they're not. And so uh, I want to challenge you, man. Let's see how big we can take this thing, how far we can push this thing and see where your potential really is, brother. Because uh, I love it. I love, I love, I love it. Yeah. I mean, doing, a lot man. of people are not playing a big enough game. The question I asked, and this is one of the challenges philosophically, let's just talk it out. I think the challenge that I have is the, the, the dichotomy between being satisfied and living in the present with enough and going for more, going for bigger, going for what your full potential is. It's finding that balance in between because that 10x mentality which you know, we both love Grant Cardone, very inspiring. Let's do more, never enough. This ain't good enough. That mentality, that's a huge driver and we can all do more. A lot of people yeah. are sitting in that, that oh, I'm just kind of like being mediocre. But how do we ever get to the point? What is the point that's enough for us? What's the point that is, this is satisfying. I feel like I'm reaching that. How do you know that you're there, Mike? And I'm just, I'm looking to discover that for myself as well as for everyone else that's listening. Good question. It's not all about what you're doing, the real estate investing. It's not all about that. It's about how in my life can I control and really cause and create the future that I want in my ideal life. And so that's what it's about. It's about making sure that that whatever I'm put here for, I believe in God. I believe in an all-powerful God to put me here with all this ability that I don't have no idea what the limit is, right? So I got to keep proving that I've been blessed and I have more potential inside of me and accomplishing more things because other people are watching. And the minute that we let down in any area that 
we have potential for and we have the desire for because it's all about a, you know what's what's my ideal life because there's nothing wrong with being like look accomplishing a certain level and then my ideal life is I want to hit this level and then I want to live it up man I want to be lit up every day when I wake up I don't want to have any care in the world I just want to be and get to that point and that does that's not about you know continuing on with the real estate investing until you, you're you're blue in the face and you just can't take it anymore. It's about living your ideal life and being stoppable to living mm. an ideal life. That's what it is to me. So there's no balance. So how it's do you all, know that? Alignment. It's about alignment. How do you, how do you know that you're there? What's the metric? Well, so for me, I get really clear, really clear on my ideal life and what I want, and then that can change every day. By the way, a lot of people won't go through that exercise because they think it's going to be set in stone and they can't modify mm-hmm. it or it's not a living organism. Mm-hmm. Your ideal mm-hmm. life that you have, your targets and goals, like to me, they're living organisms that can evolve. And so for me, I, I write that down. I'm very clear on it. And then I assess it daily and I check mm. and make sure I'm on course to where I want to be. And if I'm feeling out of, a, I think it has to do with more of alignment than balance. Mm. If I'm out of alignment at all, I can feel it. We can all feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what I check and I'm watching that constantly. And then I'm like, okay, well, look, here's, a, here's an example. I'm in Maryland right now. Now we're close to my wife's family, my family. I don't have to live here for work. But mm-hmm. we, and we have a beautiful house with a pool and the ocean over here, but I hate the wintertime. So every winter that like the last few years, I'm thinking, okay, how can I fix this problem? To me, it's a problem because I don't, I feel emotionally influenced or affected by the cold weather. Honestly, that's just me. So I don't, that's not my ideal life to live in cold weather. So what am I going to do about it? And that's what, that's the kind of thing. And it's any, uh, it's always uh. checking and making sure I'm in alignment with what my ideal life is because we have a choice of our ideal life. It's not, it's not something that we're stuck with. And so making people aware that they're not stuck, they control their future and they control their environment. And to the degree that they can do that, it's a higher state of being. And so Mm. that's what it's all about to me, man. Yeah. We get to keep choosing every single day how we want to show up and what life we want to create. With that definition, I love it. Absolutely. Push for more. Non-negotiable. You got to have your standards and non-negotiable because life's too short to negotiate and and accept lower standards from your environment, the people you're around, yourself. So, but look, man, I uh, I love chatting with you, man. It's it's awesome. I love what you're doing. If you ever have any questions or anyone want to run something by me, man, like I'm here for you. And uh, any way that I can help you elevate your mission, man. Well, we appreciate it. It It's great being on here. If anyone's interested in finding out more about what we're doing. Check out yeah, the Investor Mindset podcast on your favorite uh, podcasting app or head over to InvestorMindset.com. Or of course, you can jump over to Instagram at Steven.Pesavento. Shoot me a DM. Let me know you listen to me here. And uh, we'd love to share some great resources with you. So it's a great pleasure job, diving in with you, job. Mike. Thanks, Thanks you Steven. Take I appreciate care, you brother. being here. All right, guys, you've been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, Mike C-Rock, the unstoppable C-Rock. And look, man, Steven falls into the category of unstoppable. Now, what you can do is go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Go check out Steven's podcast, Investor Mindset. Or do you have a YouTube channel too where they can watch it? Or is it on your website? Yep. You can find it, uh, Investor Mindset on YouTube. Okay. Go check it out there too if you like to watch these. And until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com. And let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, Mike 
crock.com forward slash book. That's Mike, C-R-O-C.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.